All right, TKO fans, welcome back to Technical Knockout, the hardcore casual MMA podcast. I'm your host, Hussein. With me, as always, is my co-host, Jordan Patrick James. What's going on, guys? Today, we're going to give a little recap of last weekend's fight card, Thompson versus Holland, and then some predictions for the next week's card, Blachowicz versus Ankalaev. Stay tuned. All right, so let's talk real quick about that card that we just saw on Saturday, man. It was honestly a banger card. Uh, it's unfortunate we couldn't get the episode out before then, uh, but a lot of uh, grizzled vets made some decent wins on that card. Uh, Michael Johnson got a victory, Angela Hill, Clay Guida, Stephen Thompson in the main event, RDA. It was a good night for an old fight fan, you know? Did you get a chance to catch that one, Jordan? No, I didn't. I kept reminding myself to watch it, and then things got in the way. I'd like to say the TKO fans, he says that he got went 6-1 and one on that card. I don't believe it because it wasn't recorded. <laughs> yeah, so. true. I, I didn't. I wasn't able to put out the, the picks before, but I did make a lot of money on that card, thankfully. Mostly on uh, RDA by submission. I thought for sure he was going to win. I mean, he was like a minus 600, but uh, Brian Barberino is so tough. I didn't think he was going to be able to knock him out. I thought he would get him in an arm triangle or something. He ended up getting a rear naked choke, so that was good. But uh, yeah, I made money on that. I was glad to see Clay Guida win. I, you know, he's another one of those guys that I keep forgetting. Um, you know, is still in the game. Uh, yeah, man. You know, we were just talking. We were just talking off. Uh, you know, off recording about how I was ha- happy that uh, Wonder Boy was able to get the win. I was surprised that you bet against him. Honestly, you know, I thought that 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 would have been a a, a give me give me for you. Uh, that yeah, that would per- that would have been a perfect streak if you had just bet on Wonder Boy. Yeah, I mean, I, I I wanted Wonderboy to win, and I thought he could win, but I just felt like Ta- Holland was too durable and was going to just, like, push forward. And I thought he was going to lose a couple rounds and then knock him out in, like, the third or fourth. But when he broke that hand, it was, like, it was hard to come back. Yeah, it was a good fight. You know, I'm glad, like I said, it was just, you know, I was glad to see. They both seemed like they, it was a fun fight to watch. Uh, you know, I, I got to watch replays, and you could see that they were having fun with it. I was glad to see, you know, the decision to call it off after the fourth. Um, I know a lot of you know, fight fans or at least casual fans want to see some people go toward the death, but I'm good with seeing a fighter say, all right, you know, you got me, checkmate. And yeah. Something to save it. It was entertaining. You know, they made a smart decision. And, you know, everybody went home, you know, safe. So um, speaking of Grizzled Vets, I want to give a shout out to you. Very, very masterful job done on the Frankie Edgar piece. If anybody oh, has you. not listened yet, yeah, dude, it was a great job. I loved it. You know, so you could tell that you had a lot of emotion and passion for that, that fighter. So I just want to, the direct any TKO fans that have not listened to it yet to the Frankie Edgar fighter uh, uh, look back. Oh, thank you, man. I appreciate that. You know, it was a ton of fun to do research on his career and rewatch those old fights. Uh, definitely my favorite fighter of all time, you know. Hey, real quick, um, I know before we get into the uh, the the, ne- the next uh, fight card, uh, what do you what do you make of TJ Dillashaw retiring? Do you see the news? Yeah, I saw that, man. I th- I mean, I part of me thinks that he's just gonna go and do steroids for a couple of years and then come back like in a couple of years but i mean if he does retire it was a solid career i guess the shoulder injury was uh really the the uh nail in the coffin for him you know i mean you look at the guy who's like what 36 going into that fight and you know he's not getting any younger and especially in band and weight it's a uh it's a tough weight class to break through the top five when you're uh getting older you know um you know, you see guys like Frankie and Dominic Cruz, even though they, they have great skill sets in that weight class. Uh, it's just tough to get past the athleticism of some of these young bucks, you know. So I, I don't fault him. Oh, yeah, woman, well, I, mean, I think he was trying to really make a legitimate run at the title again just to kind of, 
maybe shake off a little bit of the controversy that's going to plague his uh, his legacy. And I yeah. think I think you I think you were saying I think you might have said last time like you know he's not the type that's just going to keep fighting. You know, yes. if he can't fight for the belt. He's just going to be like, all right, you know, I'm done. That's you know, I'm good with calling it a career. So, you know, as much as I, I'm sure that I'm going to have a different opinion on him in like five, ten years, but you know, it's yeah, good for him. You know, like I said, we'll, we'll wait and we'll be able to see and see how things shake out as far as legacy. Yeah, I mean, you know, controversial career for sure, but you know, if you just look at the fights and the, his style, it was a very unique career, you know. And he had that great performance against Henan Barrow the first fight and the second fight too. So uh, a lot of good highlights from his career, uh, TJ Dillashaw. Um, But yeah, man, let's uh, let's get into this uh, this weekend's card. You know, we got some really stacked fights on this card. We're kind of been uh, uh, what's it called spoiled these last two weeks. You know, after a few weeks of some shitty Apex cards, they're they're giving us uh, finally some good fucking food. You know, we got the uh, we had Thompson Holland last week, and now we're gonna get uh, Blockovich versus Anka Live and a lot of other really banger matchups on this card. So. Uh, let's hey, let's Merry, start breaking Merry down. Christmas, my man. Yeah, there you go. I guess so. It is the holiday spirit. I think we get one more card before the end of the year, and then uh, they take like a two week break before the uh, 2023 start. So, uh, you know, we'll hold on to it with everything we got these last few uh, cards. But um, first fight I want to talk about on here is a middleweight matchup in the prelims: uh, Chris Curtis versus Joaquin Buckley. Uh, this is a super interesting fight for me. I love Chris Curtis. I've always been a huge fan. He's got great body work, good power in his hands, good boxing fundamentals. And uh, he's a grizzled vet, too, you know, like we were just talking about. The guy had a really long career before he got to the UFC. Now that he's in the UFC, he's been kind of uh, making a, a statement for himself now at, at a middleweight, you know. He'd been knocked out at welterweight before, but he seems a lot more durable at this weight, at uh, 185. Um, I remember he fought uh, Brendan Allen and uh, Phil Hawes in his first two fights. And both of those fights, he was down on the scorecards and then pulled out the knockout. So he can definitely find a way to win. Uh, the guy has heart for days and will always stay tough right in your face. So this is a really good matchup against somebody that's so explosive and powerful like Buckley. You know, Buckley was famous for that uh, spinning back kick knockout that he got over Impa Kasangane, probably one of the craziest knockouts in UFC history. Uh, and Kanye retweeted it, which was which was pretty crazy. Uh, Kanye's an insane person in, in his own right, but, you know, that's a topic for a different <laughs> podcast. Um, but, yeah, man, ta- Taekwondo background for Buckley. He has good wrestling when he wants to use it, but he really likes to strike. He hits really hard and super fast. Um, the only knock on him, in my opinion, is that he can definitely get tired. We've seen him, uh, his gas tank be tested before, and he has been knocked out before by Kevin Holland and a few other guys. So the chin is a little bit questionable for Buckley, but, um, typically though, he likes to stay on the outside and use those kicks. I'm really not sure who wins this one. Do you have a favorite in this one, uh, Jordan? I don't know these guys too well, um, so I'm probably going to go with Moneyline on the favorite with uh, with Buckley. I'm kind of wanting to go with Chris Curtis just because I like his name, but mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm feeling with this one. I might have to go with the favorite um, on this one. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like Buckley can probably find Curtis's chin. I mean, we've seen Curtis get cracked before, but like I said, that was mostly at welterweight. Well, and you're, you're saying Chris is coming down a weight class, and you're saying Buckley's been KO'd before. So, you know, he's definitely, you know, I imagine Curtis is going to have a little bit of power behind those punches. And, you know, once, you know, I'm a big believer, you know, once you get knocked out viciously, you know, it's it's a matter of time before two and three come. So, yeah. I honestly feel like either one could get the knockout in this fight, you know. Um, well, the, the the betting line is pretty close, so I would probably I'm probably gonna go with I'll go with Chris Curtis on um, just because the betting line is so close and it's a bit of a toss up anyway. Um, just to try and get a little bit a uh, little bit more juice out of that. Yeah, I hear you. I think that's a good pick. Uh, when a fight is this close, it makes sense to go with the underdog, you know. Um, I think Buckley might be able to get the knockout here. But ultimately, I'm going to pick Curtis as well, just because I can see Buckley having success and getting a little confident, uh, similar to how Phil Hawes and Brendan Allen did against Curtis, and then getting caught with a stray shot. And I think if Curtis does hurt Buckley, that he's not going to take his foot off the gas tank and he's going to, you know, or the gas pedal rather, and he's going to, you know, find that finish. Um, it's going to be a really interesting fight either way. I think these guys are definitely going to have a stand-up affair. Uh, if one of them does go for the wrestling, it'll probably be Buckley, which would be smart uh, for him to do that. But uh, there is a, a little bit of maybe not bad blood, but like a competitive rivalry in this fight where they've been calling each other out on Instagram and stuff. Not in like a mean-spirited way, but like, a, hey, I really want to fight you, man, kind of thing. And now they finally got the fight together. So I remember I saw an IG live of the two of them talking to each other. And they were like, yeah, it's going to be a good one, man. I can't wait to break my hands on your face and shit like that. So it's, uh, I think they're going to come out throwing heat. And uh, I think Chris Curtis might be a little bit more durable. Bless you. And I think he's going to get it done. I got Curtis in this one. Plus 130. So, I mean, pretty solid comeback on that. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think probably a smarter pick might be for the fight to end in the distance. I don't see this one going to decision. Um, and I, I do think Chris Curtis will be able to get the knockout. But, you know, crazier things have happened. All right, let's go down a couple weight classes to the featherweight division. Uh, this is a great grappling matchup between Bryce Mitchell and Ilya Taporia. This is a uh, one that actually has bad blood. Uh, Taporia seems like one of those guys that has beef with everybody, though. Uh, and Mitchell is not going to back down from any type of confrontation. So, of course, he's one to eat up any uh, offers or threats at him, you know. Um as far as the fight goes, uh, like I said, it's an incredible gra- grappling matchup. I would put like on the striking side, the volume on the side of Bryce and the power on the side of Taporia. Uh, if you look at their builds, you can just tell that from looking at them. Taporia is shredded and you know very like big in the back and chest, whereas Bryce is a little bit slimmer and seems to be more cardio uh, centric, where he can definitely like. Uh, go deeper into the fight and wear down his opponents. I think that might come into play in this fight. Um, Bryce's submissions on the ground are very unorthodox. He knows how to use leg attacks to change position and threaten otherwise strong grapplers. 
and he definitely knows how to find the back in a lot of these positions. He's famous for his twister uh, submission, which he has two of in the UFC, which is insane in its own right. So the guy uh, definitely is well-versed in more unorthodox submissions, and uh, he likes to go for those leg locks, like I said, to change positions. I think I could see him using that leg lock in a scramble to take the back of Taporia, similar to how we saw uh, Roman Delice do that against Jack Hermanson. And um, I think Ilya looks to be like he seems like the stronger grappler, like uh, like powerful power wise. You know, he seems like a strong dude, but he hasn't really fought anybody that's as strong on the ground as Mitchell. Uh, so it's a pretty close fight to call. I could see Taporia just going out there and, you know, hurting Mitchell on the feet and, you know, maybe wrapping him up in something or just finishing him with ground and pound. Um, we haven't seen Mitchell get hurt like that, but again, he hasn't fought such a heavy hitter like Taporia. I mean, you know, he fought Edson Barboza in his last fight, but Barboza's a little bit over the hill right now. I do feel like Taporia is kind of like the future of this division, and Mitchell might be like more of a specialist in that sense. Uh, but I really like Mitchell's game, and I wouldn't be surprised if he's able to catch Taporia in something uh, off guard and uh, find himself wrapped up in a submission by the end of the third round. So I don't really know who's going to win this fight. I'm going to go with the fight to not go the distance because I think either guy can get the finish on either side. And I think the bad blood is going to lend itself to that kind of fight where they're both trying to go for the kill. Uh, What do you think about this one, Jordan? I agree. I think I'm going to go a little bit more specific and say that this ends by submission. I don't know who's going to get it, but I think that uh, I think you could go. Like I said, I think someone's getting finished, but I think you could go a step further. And try to get a little bit more out of that by uh, by just saying that someone's someone's gonna someone's gonna tap. I like that bet. I think that's a great pick. Both of these guys have crazy submission threats on the ground. Uh, Taporia, especially if you see him, I mean, inside the UFC, he's he's been more of a striker. But if you look at his fights outside the UFC, you see that dominant grappling game, and uh, it's going to be Georgian Greco-Roman wrestling versus uh, USA wrestling and jujitsu. So. It's going to be a really interesting fight, man. I'm very excited for this one, and it's a treat to watch for sure. Um, the odds have them very close to pick them with uh, Tapori being a slight favorite. But yeah, I like the not going the distance pick or the submission pick. Either one of those are good uh, value, value bets in my opinion. All right, so we'll go to a fight again at the middleweight class. Uh, This one is between the fan favorite or maybe former fan favorite and Darren Till and the South African coming up, uh, Drickus Duplessis. Um, On the the matchup side for Duplessis, he's got great combos. He rarely ever throws just one punch. He's super aggressive and very confident in his striking. He has good cardio despite how he looks in the cage. Uh, when you see him fighting, when you see him fighting, you'll see him huffing and puffing, and it looks like he's out of it. But if you look at his numbers, he always turns up the volume in the second and third round. So despite his body language, he has really good cardio, and um, he tends to get a little reckless sometimes. He's been finished before in Cage Warriors and in EFC, 
but um he when he you know when he's on he's on and he stays in the face of his opponents uses that pace to really break them down and throw powerful combinations he's fighting darren till who's uh you know as we all know is a long powerful striker uh till in my opinion seems to be a little bit over the hill in this fight i think his best years are behind him uh despite his youth uh he kind of had a quick rise to the title and fought some really good fighters when he probably wasn't ready for it and i think that's really taken some years off of him in his career uh but you know he hasn't won in years he has taken off some time before this fight though so he might have been able to get back to form a little bit in, in uh training this is also the first striker that he's fighting in some time uh, he's had a, some trouble recently, but it's really been against grapplers. Duplessis can grapple for sure, but when he needs to, uh, like that's when he'll go for the grappling. It's not like a game plan of his. Uh, he really likes to throw those power punches at heart. That's like where he gets his money. And I do think that that aggressiveness from Duplessis can backfire a little bit, as Till is a very good counter puncher. Um, it's been a while since he's finished anybody. So, uh, anybody though, like he hasn't gotten any finishes since he went up to middleweight. Uh, welterweight, he was known for that power, but we haven't really seen it much at middleweight. He was able to drop Robert Whitaker in their fight and hurt Brunson a couple times in that fight, but um, ultimately got you know beat up in both of those exchanges. So, I think I'm gonna have to go with Drickus here. Uh, I th- I think you know maybe if Till can come in motivated and in shape, he could get the win. I think he can find that counter punch on the back foot, but I just don't trust him to come into that kind of shape. I think he's probably a little bit over the hill at this point, and I think. Drickus is on the rise. Uh, I think he's going to see this as a huge uh, opportunity to get a, a statement win over a well-known fighter. And um, I think he can break him down, man. I think even if he doesn't wrestle, I think the cardio is going to be a big difference with the pace that Duplessis puts on these guys. If you watch that fight that he had with Brad Tavares, who's super tough and really only loses to the best, if you look at his record, he's lost to guys like, you know, Yoel Romero, Robert Whitaker, Israel Adesanya, and very few people besides those kind of caliber fighter. Duplessis was able to use that power and pace and pressure to break down Tavares over three rounds. And I think that that might be a similar fight to how this one goes. I don't think it's necessarily going to be pretty for Drickus, but I think he'll be able to get it done and win a clear-cut decision against uh, Darren Till or maybe even get a late finish. Uh, What do you think about this one, Jordan? Yeah, I mean, I like Darren Till a lot. Um, Like I said, he is a fan favorite. He's a bit more of a uh, recognizable face. You know, maybe not superstar level, but... You know the one the MMA community that knows him like you know he's he's a very lovable character um, in this uh, you know circus of MMA that we like to watch. Uh, but yeah, I think you're right. I think he's a little bit over the hill um, in terms of his skill wise. Um, you know, like you said, very early early rise, and then that's very. I, I want to you know I want to pause and, and point on that. That is super important about how if you fight a lot of guys when you're not ready for it it can severely hurt your career, which is why, you know, when I see other fighters start to take a slow rise, it's like, I respect what you're doing. I think you're yeah. doing it a smart way. Um, but I agree. Yeah, you're right. I, I would love to see Darren Till win. You know, like I said, just because he's a lovable character, but I think you're right. I think he's on the downturn. I can see him being a phenomenal coach after this, um, yeah. you know, in a couple of years, maybe go to a, uh, you know, a different league, get a couple more fights to get some money under, under his belt, um, capitalize off of his, his uh his name you know maybe fight but fight, fight you know people that he can is winnable fights but you know what well, that's a whole other thing so but yeah i don't i just i don't unless he gets it done in the first with like a ko you know like i said maybe comes out motivated and is able to uh to spark him in you know two or three minutes um 
outside of that, I don't see him being able to win this fight. So I'm going to go ahead and go with uh, Duplessis on this one, uh, money line. I'm not sure if he's going to get the finish. Um, I think he's going to. I think it's going to be like I said, cl- very clear that he won the, wins this fight. Um, you know, maybe he catches a desperate um, Darren Till trying to you know swing for the fences in the third. But I'm just going to be safe on this one because I've had a, a couple uh, you know extra extra plays on the other one. So I'll just say Duplessis by a, a money line. Yeah, I like that pick, man. Um, he's only a, a slight favorite at minus one eighty. Uh, I kind of feel like he should be a little bit higher than that with the form. Yeah, that that's a, yeah, I about, yeah. I was about to say that seems it seems like that like he should be. You know, that's a little bit more love to Darren than um than than they should be getting. He would be my under yeah. my, that would be my underdog uh, my upset pick though probably is uh, yeah. Darren Till by a first round uh, knockout. Yeah, I mean he can get it done. You know he has good body kicks too. Um, I just feel like his. His striking has regressed, if anything, over the last couple of years. Like you see him throwing a lot of the same strikes that he threw when he was in his welterweight run. That you know, left straight, the right uppercut, the left body kick is there. He has a good elbow as well. Um, I just don't really, I don't know. I mean, Duplessis leaves himself open in a lot of exchanges, so he could get counterpunched here. But I, I just think that the momentum is on uh, Duplessis' side, and I think he's going to ride that wave to the top. Um, on the point that you were talking about, about young fighters getting rushed, that's why it hurts me so much to see Chase Hooper in these last few fights where he's just getting absolutely smashed on the feet. And it's just, it's hard to watch because at the end of the day, this kid's like, what, 21? You know what I mean? Like, he shouldn't be taking this kind of brain damage so early. Yeah, like, you know, the, the, your brain doesn't stop developing until, like, ever. But, you know, 25 is where it, you, know, you need to get it. That's that's a lot of punishment to, to put, yeah. you know. I mean, you see guys like Rory McDonald or, you know, Darren Till is a good example. Like these dudes that came up in the UFC and like started getting their first win streaks when they're 23, 24. Then at 32, they're shot. You know what I mean? They're washed out compared to somebody. Well, there's, who, a different, there's a difference in fighting people on the regional scene at like, yeah. you know, 19, 20, 21. And then fighting like UFC, you know, title contenders at like 20 it's like on paper it's like oh that's really cool but at the same time it's like that like that is a grown man fighting a child still like the kid like the kid like like the kid that just got like i know everybody's freaking like you know they were celebrating the kid that got 17 but yeah it's like, when you really talk about it, it's like you're putting pretty much a still a dude that's like a child against grown killers yeah and that guy's fighting on this card too raul rosas jr he's fighting uh some guy jay perrin who's like i think 27 and they used to train together so i mean now the kid's 18 but still it's like is this what we really want you know what i mean like of course it's a good story and it sells to the american audience that like dude but the kid can't even buy alcohol yeah we're like yeah, it's crazy. But we're gonna sit there and condone. We're gonna sit there and condone him going to the middle of the ring, surrounded by people just absolutely hammered, and being yeah. like cheering about a grown man. Like, I don't know. I mean, I get it, but it's like you know, sometimes you gotta get you, you gotta zoom out. Yeah, it reminds me of when um, Sean White, the snowboarder, got like his first gold medal. I think he was like nineteen or something. He's on the on the broadcast and they're like, yeah, like he was like, yeah, they had everything in the plane. They had champagne. And he's like, they're like champagne. Like, you're not supposed to be drinking. He's like, yeah, no, it was not alcoholic. Like, you know, Mountain Dews, baby. Yeah, exactly. 
it's like uh i don't know man it's it's cool and sometimes like you know it's like an inspiring story when these kids are like 19 20 21 and they're coming into the ufc and they get on these win streaks it's it's fun to watch but like i mean sometimes it works out you know you got guys like max holloway who grew up in the ufc um aljermain sterling john jones you know these dudes started off super young in the ufc and they became champions but um there's so many stories of people that that doesn't work out for hey you got to look at hey that on that you got to look at john jones maybe him taking so much head trauma such at such a young you know age you know fighting legit killer i don't know that's what we could that that sounds like a whole other segment that we got to do later yeah word i hear you yeah that, i mean that might have attributed to him running over that lady or like you know beating up his girl and stuff like that you know like it can't be good to take that kind of damage at that age you know what i mean yeah yeah we'll, we'll, we'll do that I, i'm definitely down to exploring that topic yeah for sure um but yeah man but yeah, let's... I, I just don't see i yeah i just back to i i, I i'm gonna go to plessy money line yeah, I like Duplessis in that fight for sure. Uh, I think the, like I said, the momentum's on his side, and I really think he could be a standout in this division. Maybe not so much when he faces one of these really strong wrestlers like uh, Derek uh, Derek Brunson or Jack Romanson, but before then, I think he's going to have some really great fights. Uh, we'll see how he gets to the top, though. Um, so let's go down to the co-main event of the fight card. Uh, you Speaking got Patty of guys. Pimlet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Patty Pimlet versus Jared Gordon. Um, Patty Pimlet, another huge fan favorite. And uh, looking at this card now, it's kind of like, damn, did they build this for the English audience or something? You know what I mean? Uh, you got two fan favorites from England in the main card, so that's pretty interesting to see. But um, yeah, Patty Pimlet coming in as a big favorite in this fight, minus two fifty. He's uh, you know, the the book on Patty. He's uh, you know, got really good striking from the outside that he's developed in these last couple of years. He's got good power in his hands when he finds the shots, and he's able to find those shots pretty well. But in his heart, he's a great grappler. Patty's really developed that striking over the last couple of years, but in his heart, he's a great grappler. Um, his most dominant performances have been on the ground. And, uh, you know, you've seen, I mean, just look at his record. He has a lot of submissions on there. Um, in Cage Warriors, he was really known for that grappling threat and his heart because he can really take a shot before, uh, you know, something weary happens. And uh, he's not willing, he's not unwilling to go through the fire to find that takedown and get a uh, submission. But now he's really developed that outside striking game, and that's a huge tool for him. Uh, I think it's going to be a big tool in this fight in particular, fighting a guy like Jared Gordon. Uh, Jared Gordon, Flash Gordon is uh, super tough, like really tough, great cardio and great pressure, uh, really a fighter's fighter, if you will, um, not very pretty in any metric, solid striking, solid grappling, solid wrestling, but not outstanding in any one particular area, a true uh, mixed martial artist. Uh, he's shown durability issues in the past. He's been chinned before. I saw him get knocked out by Charles Oliveira and a few other guys. Uh, of course, those guys hit really hard, so you know, no fault on him. And he knows how to put a pace on dudes and will break their will. Uh, I think his biggest tool is his mental strength. Uh, the dude is just, you know, incessant with his offense. He's not going to stop coming forward until you put his lights out. And uh, I think that's something, Patty, you might have to do in this fight. I think, um, I think Patty can crack Gordon on the feet and snap up a submission. I don't know if he's going to be able to knock him out because Gordon, like I said, is super tough and is willing to go through the fire. 
Um, but I do see him with some defensive irresponsibilities on the ground that Pimblet might be able to exploit. Uh, on the Gordon side, this isn't an unwinnable fight for him by any means. If he can stay in Patty's face and make it an ugly dog fight and you know, use the clinch and use the wrestling to wear down Patty a little bit, wear down on that gas tank, his cardio will shine through in that second and third round, and I think he might be able to get the victory like that. But I do see this fight stopping before the end. I think Patty's going to get a finish. And uh, if anybody gets a finish in this fight, it'll probably be Patty. But um, yeah, I think ultimately I'm going to have to go with the fan favor. I think the crowd's going to be on his side. I think uh, everybody's going to be cheering for him and he's going to be feeling the love. And uh, both guys are really good guys and have been uh, advocates for mental health and, and, you know, and men especially. So uh, I think this is going to be a, a really good lead up to the fight and a good post fight interview. But um, in the fight itself, it should be a barn burner. And I got Pimblet taking it home, probably finish probably. What do you think about this one, Jordan? Yeah, I'm going to take Patty Pimblet by finish. Um, I think this is the UFC's way of uh, prepping the uh, people that are on the outside of that uh, casual fan um, to get ready for a big, higher-profile fight with him maybe headlining a future UFC-numbered event. Um, So I think Patty Pimblet is going to go out there and finish Jared Gordon as well. I think this is going to be a great showcase for him. The only thing that really concerns me with um, old Pimblet over there is he keeps his chin up too much um, while he's going in on the striking. And I think he is underestimating his chin in um, a lot of circumstances. And he is a tough individual. He's got great will. But that's gonna catch. That's you know that's gonna spell bad news if he doesn't learn to tuck that chin a little bit more. So I'm gonna I'm a, I think it's gonna the train is gonna keep on rolling with Patty Pimlet. But um, you know it's not that might be my I'm not sure yet. I'm still still trying to figure out my upset pick. You know, Jared Gordon clipping him on the chin. Um, you know maybe in an arrogant uh, 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 pursuit of a submission. You know might might be might pay off. So we'll we'll. We'll see on that when the upset goes, but for the uh, smart money, I'm going Patty Pimlet by finish. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, Gordon has a chance to find that chin. Like he's shown decent pop in his punches before. Uh, he's not necessarily a power puncher by any stretch of the imagination, but more so that his pace and pressure will create those opportunities for him. And um, I think that's a good call. You know, he might be able to catch a left hook coming in while Patty's a little bit overconfident. Um, but I do think Patty ultimately is going to find that finish. So yeah, I, I agree, but I think, uh, I think Patty will get it done. Um, yeah, it's going to be an, an exciting fight either way. You know, these, these matchmakers really know what they're doing with this one. Uh, let's get down to the main event for the vacant, uh, light heavyweight title. Now that Yuri got injured, he vacated the title. He said he might be back in six months, but we'll see. I don't know. Those shoulder injuries tend to really uh, plague people's careers for years, it seems like. But um, in the meantime, we've got Jan Blahovich versus Magomed Ankalaev. It's a great fight at light heavyweight here. I'm really excited to see how Blahovich looks in this fight. Um, I think he has the power to knock out Ankalaev. I really do believe that. Uh, Ankalaev's a great fighter. But he showed himself to be a little chinny at times. He got dropped by Tiago Santos, I think, twice in their fight. And uh, he's a solid grappler and can use that crushing top game to good effect here. But he doesn't really like to go for the grappling that much, it seems. It seems like he really wants to win with his striking. And with that striking, he likes to slow down the pace 
and make it kind of a boring fight, you know, uh, no criticism on the guy, but he does like a slower paced fight. Um, his record really reflects that uh, knockout approach because he has 18 wins and 10 of them are knockouts and eight are decisions. So although on paper, he seems like he's a great wrestler, he has no submissions on his record and uh, he doesn't necessarily threaten those submissions at all either on the ground. He likes to set up his takedowns with the strikes and, um, you know, really uh, wear down guys with uh, feints and movement and, you know, kind of overload them in that sense. He likes to throw naked leg kicks a lot of the time uh, that will set up his double legs or his high crotch. But I think Blahovich uh, is going to be able to exploit that kick uh, game of uh, Ankolaev. Um, like I said, I think Ankolaev sometimes doesn't really set up those kicks too well. And Blachowicz is a great kick defender, as we saw in the Adesanya fight and in the Rockage fight most recently. So I think if uh, Magomed does try to play that game with Jan, it's not going to end up well for him. I could see Blachowicz checking a kick or two and really making Magomed think about what he's doing on the feet and then forcing Magomed to turn into a panic wrestler, which is really not his game, but a part of his game. And, um, I mean, he could implement that wrestling to path to victory. Jan has looked lost on the ground before, but I do think that if Jan lands hard, he's going to hurt Ankolaev. For me, it's either going to be Jan by KO or Ankolaev by, by decision. I, I do think it's, it has potential to be a boring fight. If Ankolaev fights his fight and Jan isn't able to get anything off, I could see it being a slower paced fight and going the full five. But I do think that Jan's going to catch him before the end. Um, ultimately I'm going to pick Jan Blachowicz in this fight. I really just, I can't shake off the feeling that I'm going to see Ankalaev get cracked. And I think Jan is the guy to do it, man. He hits really hard and he knows how to land those punches in weird positions and in awkward angles that he can find a lot of power in. Like you saw in the Luke Rockhold fight. Um, you know, he doesn't have to have a perfect, uh, opening to find a shot. He can force it and uh, really catch some people slipping with his speed that it doesn't seem like he's fast, but he comes off a lot faster than he looks. And I think that left body kick is going to be a tool of his as well. He loves to use that jab, right overhand, left body kick combination. He used it to fruition in the Reyes fight where he brutalized Reyes' ribs. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I'm just going to have to go with Jan Blachowicz. He seems to have turned a corner since hiring a mental coach or a therapist. Uh, a lot of fighters will call them mental coaches. I'm pretty sure they're just therapists, but you know, whatever you got to call it to get yourself on the right track. And uh, Blahovich seems to have really turned a corner with that addition to his team. And uh, I think he's going to get it done, man. I think we're going to see the the belt rise in Poland again, and uh, the Polish power is going to take it home. What do you What do you think about this one, uh, Jordan? Yeah, I'm going to go with Jan. I'm going to go with you, man. I think Jan by knockout is a safe pick. Um, I was extremely surprised to see the spread on this with Jan being such a big underdog. Um, yeah. You know, exact same as you. I just, I have that mental picture in my mind of Jan just, bam, cracking him out of nowhere and, you know, leaving with the title. Um, you know, I think that's easy money. I'm surprised. I think, I don't think, I don't know why he's that big of an underdog, especially in the big of a fight. So I think by that KO, you know, throwing a little bit of money on that, I think that's a good, good play. Yeah, man, I think um, as soon as people see the name Magomed or uh, a last name that ends in a V and a Dagestani fighter, they assume that this guy is like Khabib and Hamzat, that he's just going to run through and take people down and smash them. But that's really not Ankalaev's game. He's more of a 
uh, slow down the pace, throw leg kicks. He likes his front kick, um, which might be a good tool in this fight too. But he's more of a striker than a grappler. He did show some good grappling in his UFC debut against Paul Craig. And he's been taking down. He took down Tiago Santos a couple times. But again, he's really not a finisher in those positions on the ground. He'll really just like, you know, either, you know, hold people down and wear on their cardio or throw some ground and pound. But nothing that's like really threat, like um, fight ending, like threatening. You know what I mean? Um, I just I I can't shake off the feeling that I feel like Jan's gonna crack him, man. He got dropped by Tiago Santos, and Tiago Santos seems a lot more shot than Jan. And uh, yeah, I just I think Jan is coming into form at a ripe age of forty, and I think he's gonna I think he's gonna get it done and hoist the gold up again. And I'd love to see Jan versus Yuri. I think it was the fight that was supposed to happen initially, um, before Jan lost to Blahovich or before before Jan lost to Glover rather. Um, like that was a fight that everybody was calling for. So, I mean, I, I kind of want to see that matchup, um, two check boys duking it out. Uh, but yeah, I think it's going to be Jan by KO. I think that's a good pick. And I'm sure the odds are crazy on that. Cause you get Jan at plus two thirty five right now, money line. So, uh, if you do it by KO, it's gotta be, uh, it's gotta be good value there. Yeah, uh, let's do the uh, betting slip real quick. Um, Going down the card, um, we're both taking Chris Curtis in the prelim fight. Uh, I'm taking the fight to not go the distance in the Mitchell fight. Jordan is taking it to end in submission. Uh, We're both going with Drickus Duplessis money line. We're both going with Patty Pimlet by finish and Jan by KO. So pretty in accordance here on UFC 282. If you guys want to tail those picks by all means go for it as far as the underdog pick uh i'm gonna go with jan blahovich i believe jordan is going with uh jared gordon if not i think he said he was gonna pick darren till either one of those there's solid value on the underdog uh but yeah y'all stay tuned for the fights thank you so much for listening uh, it's been a pleasure talking about this, uh, talking about this with you, Jordan. You know, uh, it's been a while, and I'm excited to get back into the swing of it. And I think we're gonna make some good money this weekend, man. It's gonna be an awesome weekend. All right, y'all. hey man, I'll tell you, hey, hey, I'm throwing a dollar on each one of my picks, and then I'm gonna let the TKO universe know what, uh, how much money we made off of that, just to let them know how much money they would have made if they just blew the TKO nation. You know? Yeah, I mean, fuck with your boys. You know, we, we've been doing pretty good lately. You know. We'll see how it goes. But yeah, thanks so much for listening, y'all. Take it easy and uh, stay tuned for the next one.